Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. Who you surround yourself with matters. Who you surround yourself with matters. I remember working as a news reporter in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it was a weekend afternoon, and the night before, there had been a homicide, a gang-related murder in our city, and I was covering the story the day after. And as part of my coverage, I was able to connect with the mother of the man who had been killed in this act of gang violence. And I remember so vividly, she told me, my son got caught up in the wrong crowd. And sadly, this was not a one-time occurrence. There were many times when we heard from victims of gang-related crime, or sometimes in courtrooms where someone would be sentenced. Family members would tell us they got caught up in the wrong crowd. What we also know is that if you spend enough time with the wrong crowd, you actually become part of the wrong crowd. Who we surround ourselves with, it matters. People who are around us can have a negative or a positive influence on our life. On the positive side, it's been said that if you want to be rich, hang out with rich people. When I have heard that, I've thought, well, what happens if you hang out with people who have a lot of debt? Entrepreneur and motivational speaker Jim Rohn is credited with the insight that you are the average of the five people who you spend the most time with. Who you fill your life with influences who you will become. As followers of Christ, our desire is to become more and more like Jesus. And the way that Jesus explained himself to us in relationship with us is that we would have a relationship, that we would be connected with him. Jesus used the phrase, abide in me abide in me and i in you that's spending time with jesus to abide is to dwell in to be continuously with to remain with to stay present with we abide in jesus by first making the decision to receive jesus christ as our lord and savior and then filling our life soaking our life with reading and being close to his word in the bible and to by allowing the holy spirit to guide and direct our path. We abide in Jesus. Our hope for eternity is in Jesus. And also we are designed for community. It was never intended that we would go through faith journey alone. We grow spiritually when our personal faith journey is connected to the local church. I heard it said this week, Jesus is the hope of the world. The gospel changes lives. We teach the Bible, and the church is the primary instrument that God chose to accomplish his purposes. 
This is where we rejoin our series, Rooted. If you have your Rooted books with you today, I invite you to bring those out right now. To be rooted begins with a relationship with Jesus. Colossians 2.7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thank thankfulness. Rooted is about a faith that is rooted in Christ and Christ alone, lived out at its best when we are part of a community that encourages, a community that challenges, a community that out of love at times confronts, out of a community that supports. So Rooted is a message series that we are going through all together when we reach the finish line of this all-together message series, Rooted, Rooted will become a small group Bible study track for those who want to serve at People's Church and those who want to become members of the church. Session one was last week called Believe. If you missed last week, last session, and it's your desire to start serving or to become a member, you can catch up by going to session one when we start the small group track on October 30th, Sunday, October 30th. We're doing session two today called Belong, connecting the life of the local church. And then next week is a two for one Sunday. Wow. Two for one Sunday. You see, session three of four uh, is so highly interactive that we couldn't find a way that seemed to do it justice by doing it in the sanctuary setting. So next week, session three will be offered three times at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 in the conference room. Session four will teach in the sanctuary at the same times, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Now, I know you're amazing people, but of course, we cannot be in two places at once. So I would encourage you, if it's your heart to start serving, or if it is your heart to become a member, and you typically come to this worship service, go to session three at 10 o'clock in the conference center and then come in here for session four at 11:30. and if you want if you want to be like just a daredevil and do it out of order you can do session four first and then go back and do session three come on people help me out <laughs> i invite you to open up your rooted books to page 19. What we're gonna to see today is that we grow faster and better together. We're gonna to look back at our people's church story and see how it sets us up to where we are today and where we're going as a church. We're gonna talk about what we believe, our leadership, our commitment to generosity, how to become a member, and for those of us who have been part of a church, who've been members of this church for a long time, I believe that the most encouraging or even challenging part of today's message is going to be at the very end, because we're going to talk about at the very end what it means to live out life as a member. Now, I know some of you love fill in the blanks. In your books today, there are some fill in the blanks, but they're at the very end of the session today, so please do not become anxious. We will get to them, I promise. Some things will show up on the board, and uh, there's not a fill in the blank. I don't want you to become distressed. Just write it down on the margin, okay? So if we look at pages 20 and 21, this year we celebrated the 70th anniversary of People's Church.
Now, that sounds new, and it sounds like we've been around for a long time, but Hope Church in Albany just celebrated their 100th anniversary, so we're like the new kids on the block, basically. As we look at where we've come to set up where we're going, over the years, the methods have changed, the music's changed, the pastors have changed, our addresses changed, this is our fourth address in 70 years, but as we look at our history, we can see what has been woven into the fabric of what People's Church is all about, is that we have a legacy of being ready for those who are not here yet. A legacy of being ready for those who are not here yet. Now we have a handful of people who've been around for a lot of years, but we do not have anyone still part of the church who was here on that first Sunday in 1952. That means that every one of us, whether this is your 1000th Sunday or first Sunday, Every one of us who are here today enjoying this worship service, this worship gathering, we are here because someone before us did things so that this church would be a place that is ready for those who are not here yet. People's Church started in downtown Salem on the second floor of what was the Star Exchange building. Arthur Phillips was the pastor when we joined the Assemblies of God in 1952. We were called Central Assembly of God at that time. Looking beyond that first few dozen, there was a step of faith. The church purchased an abandoned building in the neighborhood at Cottage and Hood in 1954. There's a parking lot there now. Fred Versalenko became the pastor. There was a remodel to accommodate for those, once again, who weren't here yet, weren't there yet. And the sanctuary expanded so that they could seat 375 people. Sometimes people ask me, well, how many do you sit seat in your current sanctuary? Well, it depends on how close you want to sit together. I can tell you that when we have had concerts and events here, we sell about a thousand tickets, and that seems to be about our max of being able to get people in here and still have a little bit of wiggle room. In 1963, the congregation bought land on Summer Street, not far from the state capitol. Once again, looking ahead to make room for those who weren't here yet. In 1964, there was a devastating time in the church. Pastor Versalenko, a great pioneer of our faith community, and two other men from the church died in a plane crash. Jennifer and I are deeply thankful for the legacy of the Versalenko family. You see, Pastor Versalenko's widow, Lucille, continued to attend People's Church for a total of 62 years until she went to heaven in 2017. She taught Sunday school, sang in the choir, and served in many areas. And all these years later, I am so thankful that all four of the Versalenko children are still very much connected to People's Church. Jennifer and I are very, very grateful, and we're thankful. The land where we are sitting today, these things don't just happen. This land was purchased in 1972. The church had resource to acquire the land, but then it would take five years of persistent prayer and seeking God so that the church would have the provision to begin construction. Five years of persistent prayer and seeking God, and groundbreaking here took place in 1977. 
Just this week, I had an opportunity to see Pastor Denny Davis, who is pastor here from 1967 to 1987. And all these years later, he has more energy than most people who are half his age. Pastor Denny told me that on that first Sunday, they wanted to have a balcony, so they built a balcony, the balcony where many of you are sitting right now. They didn't think that there would be enough people, but they built it by faith. Why? Because they wanted to be ready for people who weren't here yet. However, they opened it on the first Sunday, and it's been open ever since, and it's been in use all the years that we've been here on Lancaster Drive. We've expanded. We've expanded toward the Family Life Center. We've expanded towards the entry area where you came in today, always making room for those who are not here yet. Pastor Scott and Bonnie Erickson came in 2000. They went on to their next ministry assignment in May of 2021 because we don't use the R retirement word. By one year, the Ericksons are the longest serving lead pastor couple in our history. The methods over the years have changed. The methods have changed, but the message, the message remains the same. We have what we have in people's church today because of the sacrificial faithfulness and commitment of those who have gone before us. So whether you're here to be part of this gathering for just one Sunday or, or if this is your church home, we always keep in front of us that the reason that we are where we are today is because those who have come before us. And how great is the challenge then for those of us who are part of this church family now God, what are you calling us to do? Every new step that this church took, every new address was a step of faith. All the money was not in the bank when they took the step of faith to say yes. If we knew all the answers, then it wouldn't be faith. So what is God calling us to do now so that we can be sure that we have room for those who are not here yet? So we use the phrase church family, and this comes right out of the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, you are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus himself. This is so good. We are carefully joined together in him, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Now, it's one thing if we conclude that we're all just kind of randomly here at the same time, the same moment in history. And if we think of it that way, then it takes a lot of the responsibility off of us. But what if we take God's word for what it says and we actually trust that maybe God had a hand in bringing all of us who call this our church home here to be part of people's church at this moment in history. And he chose us for the year 2022 and beyond to make sure that people's church continues to be a place where we are always ready for those who are not here yet. We believe that God has a plan for this church, a plan for people's church to be difference makers here and around the world pages 24 and 25 as we connect community happens in rows and circles community happens in rows and circles 
There's a great unity that happens when we gather together in a worship service like this, where we worship our Heavenly Father together, where we thank God for sending Jesus Christ together, where we pray together, where we read and study God's Word together, where we respond together. And also, there is great value when we spend time in circles, in groups, where we can have conversation, where we can share our prayer requests, where we can use our testimony to encourage someone else, and where the testimony of others can be an encouragement to us. And God help us. May the church be a place where we can be real with each other. Of all the places on the planet, church should not be a place where we feel like we have to be fake. Can you just look at all the people who are around you? And can we just come to terms with the reality that no one is perfect? That we're all imperfect, that we're all going through struggles. Let's stop being fake because fake is so exhausting. Surround yourself with believers where the walls can come down and you can be open and you can share what's on your heart. You can confess where you've messed up. And once again, God help us, may this be a place of forgiveness and grace and mercy. Because the world has enough judgment. Yes, we're ultimately accountable to God, but he sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that we can be saved by grace. May we reflect the qualities of grace, of mercy to those around us, especially those who are in our church family, who you surround yourself with. It matters. There's value in worshiping together, gathering together, being real with each other, and serving with each other. We strive to involve every person's spiritual gifts as a community of contributors, not consumers. We are, refer to the team that makes church happen as our dream team now. Dream team makes it happen. Welcoming in the per parking lot, greeting, hosting, leading on the platform in worship, in tech, nursery, kids, and many other areas. People deploying their spiritual gifts, people deploying their talents and abilities to make church happen. If you're new or newer, sometimes you can walk into a church and you can say, wow, everything has been taken care of. Every job is already being done by someone else. And we want you to feel like that. We want you to feel like we are ready for you. And also, we want you to know that it's not all taken care of. Now, in the last service, when I said that, about 25% of the people clapped loudly. And do you know who clapped? The 25% of the people who clapped when I said that not every role has been filled, who clapped? It's the people who are doing two, three, or four jobs. And they clapped because they're waiting for you if you're not already doing something. They're waiting for you to say, I will step up and serve. They're waiting for you to say, I have something to offer this church. And once again, if you're visiting and you're here from another church, your pastor would want you to hear the same thing. If you're not serving, your church is waiting for you to become a contributor. That was more than 25%. That's good. We don't want you to miss out. 
Because life lacks purpose until we use our God-given abilities and passions to make a difference in the lives of others. Your book includes a statement, we believe your life will never make sense until you find and fulfill your God-given purpose. What a bold statement. We didn't come up with this idea. It comes right out of, of the Bible. The Apostle Paul, the one who at a time in his life hated Christians and then became a Christian after a miraculous encounter with the resurrected Jesus Christ, then became a church planter, a missionary, evangelist, authoring most of what we now call the New Testament. Listen to what Paul writes, or Paul is actually quoted here. Listen to this quote of what Paul said, recorded for us in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Paul is quoted as saying, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Challenging. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it. We have a limited time, church. Every day is precious. As Jennifer and I have been around families that have kids who are older than our kids, what do, we, what do they always say? What do you always say? It goes by so fast. How many of us have wasted time on things that ultimately don't really matter? How many of us have spent time worrying and being worked up about things that in the end will not matter? May our heart be like Paul's heart, realizing that our life is worth nothing unless we use it. And for Paul, it was for finishing the work assigned to him by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. May we have Paul's passion to finish the work that God has given us. The church team, we often get asked the question, how do I become a member of People's Church? Maybe you've been asked this question, and you weren't quite sure how to answer it. The next little portion here is to help all of us. Membership at different churches means different things. And so we want to just make sure that we all understand what we mean when we say the word membership. The church where we previously served, I was teaching a membership class, and before we explained what membership means at our local church, I said, when you hear church membership, what comes to mind? And one young man in the class said that he once visited a church first Sunday he had ever attended the church. He filled out a visitor card two hours or a few hours after he attended that church for the first time someone from the church called him and said we would like to welcome you into membership of the church. One day he said I'm not even sure if I'm going to come back next Sunday. I'm not a member of your church. You see, membership is for those who are ready to be part of the church family. And it's your decision when you become a member, not ours. We share with you our mission, our values, and our beliefs. And when your missions, values, and beliefs are in line with where the church stands, then it's time to take a step toward membership. We also say that it's good to belong before you believe. There is a story of a family that uh, was attending a church that I went to after I got saved and the wife and the kids started going at first and the husband wanted nothing to do with the church. 
So he would bring the family, drop them off. They would come in. He would then come back and collect them at the end of church. Then something started happening. His family started to have more joy. They were happier. They were nicer to each other. They seemed to have joy when they came out of this Sunday thing that they went to. So he said, I need to find out what's going on. So he came to the church. He stood in the back with his arms folded just to observe what is happening in this place. Well, what happened over time, as you might guess, is as he was around worship, as he was around the preaching of the word, God, God began to soften his heart. And over time, that man became one of the most faithful, committed members of that church and fully on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's okay. If you're in an exploratory, I just spit kind of, I'm sorry about that. There's like nobody up here, so I didn't spit on anybody. Did that come through in HD? <laughs> it's okay to belong before you believe. I also want you to know that you don't have to be a member to describe this as my church. You can say, I am part of people's church. It's my church, whenever you're ready to say that phrase. I also want to just be very upfront with you. There really are not very many perks that come with becoming a member of the church. We do not mail you or email you discount codes. There is no members lounge on the second floor. Membership of a church is not about perks. In fact, it's the other way around. Membership of the church is about responsibility. And membership is making the statement that I too want to be responsible for making sure that this church is always ready for those who are not here yet. Membership is taking on a responsibility, opening the path to serve in roles like worshiping on, worship leading on the platform and music, teaching and dream team roles that involve a high level of trust. You do get a voice and a vote in our biggest decisions at our annual business meeting. So we believe that to be a member is a big commitment on your part, so we ask that you live out that commitment before taking the step. So we ask that you do things like go through Rooted, which we're going through right now. Be part of attending a worship service every week. Be part of a group. Serve on the dream team. Give faithfully and generously. And then if you've gone through that for six months at least, it affirms that your head and your heart are there then become a member. You see, taking at least six months before becoming a member, it's far more for you than for us because we would not want you to become a member and then realize it's not for me. Now, this may be for just one person. Someone here, is, you've been around for a lot longer than six months and you're already all in in every area and it's like, come on, what are you waiting for? It's time to become a member. Pages 28 and 29 whether or not you decide to become a member, we want you to know our core values. Pursuing authentic relationship with Jesus Christ with a desire for the Holy Spirit to be the originator and leader of all that we do. We value gathering with other imperfect people to worship our perfect God in prayer-driven, soul-winning, life-giving worship services. We're committed to reaching the spiritually lost with a message of hope. We value growing relationships and biblical knowledge through meaningful small group experiences. One of our values is serving our families, neighborhoods, city, and world 
by putting the needs of others above our own. This week, we are sending out our first international missions team since the end of the pandemic. We have four people going to Vietnam, praise God. We are raising up the next generation to passionately love and serve Jesus. Do you want to clap? Don't let me stand in your way. Don't let me stand in your way. We value giving generously to see the kingdom of God advanced locally and globally. We value involving every person's spiritual gifts, as we said, as a community of contributors and not consumers. Page 30. We also want you to know about our foundational beliefs. And when we look at these, some of you may think, these sound obvious. They're simple biblical truths. So why do we even need to talk about it? Here's why. Not every building with a cross on the roof is teaching biblical truth. There are buildings that have the word church on their sign, but they are standing on positions that do not align with scripture. So we want to be very upfront. Who we are is based on biblical truths, biblical principles. We believe scripture, we believe in the Bible, that it is true, that it is authoritative, authoritative, that it is fully sufficient. You don't need the Bible and also this. The Bible is fully sufficient. The Bible, both the Old and New Testaments, are fully God-inspired, God-given, and are the revelation of God to us. We believe in the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creator of heaven and earth and redeemer of all mankind. We believe sin and salvation. Humanity, by choice, fell from God by choosing to do what is against him, separating us from our heavenly Father. Man Men and women, our only hope for redemption is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Salvation is received through repentance, not by our good works. Salvation is received by repentance, which means turning away from a life that is opposed to God and turning in the direction of Jesus Christ. And we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we become followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. For every believer, it's good to expect and to seek the promise, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This was a normal experience for the New Testament church and continues today. So we are unashamedly a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching, God-honoring, Holy Spirit-filled church. We are a church that is pastor-led, staff-driven, dream team-supported, with board oversight. Page 31 includes some basics of church government. Now, I know like it's lunchtime, and I said the word church government, and some of you just thought I'd like to take a nap. Some of you love church government, so give us like 30 seconds, okay? We would want you to know that we do not have a bishop or overseer like other denominations or other belief systems in the Christian faith may have in the sense that I am here as the pastor because I was selected and voted upon by this church. So if it all goes south, 
it's our fault. It's just a little bit uncomfortable. The other, on the good side, if things go well, they can't just take me away and move me. It's, I serve at the pleasure of this church at this congregation. Now, the oversight for what I do comes from the board of deacons who are elected by the church body. And when it comes to selecting the deacons, there is an election that happens at our annual business meeting each year. We have nine deacons who serve three-year terms. And so if you're doing the math along with us, every year we elect, we have an election of three. So there's three positions that come up every year. And we look to the encouragement of who a deacon is in 1 Timothy 3, 8. Deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. We are incredibly grateful for the men and women who serve as deacons on our church board. These are people of faith, people of encouragement, people of um, high integrity, and we are a better church because each and every one of them serve. So what about our pastors, myself and our pastoral staff? What is our job description? In Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, we actually find like a one-sentence job description for pastors. And it, sets, it gets set up this way, verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Here is the one-sentence job description for people like Spencer and Kira, Christina, and Dan, and any other pastor who may be in the room. One-sentence job description. Their responsibility, our responsibility, is to do all the work while God's people watch. Wait, let me just read that one more time. Their responsibility, our responsibility, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I feel challenged by this because I like to work hard, I like to be a doer, but what I see here is at the end of the day, my job performance evaluation is actually not going to be on how hard I work. For our pastors, it's not going to be on how hard we work. Our evaluation is going to be based on how we equip others to do the work of the kingdom. Page 32. We want you to know that People's Church is built on the sacrificial faithfulness and generosity of those who have gone before us. Matthew 6.21 says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now when we talk about money and offering and generosity and faithfulness and obedience, there's kind of two general reactions in the church family. One is how stereotypical, a pastor talking about money. On the other side, we have people who have faithfully and obediently brought tithes, offerings, and over and above missions giving, and have experienced the blessing of being connected in worship through giving and generosity. And we would just simply want you to know, we 
trust God with our finances. We believe in trusting God with our finances, and Jennifer and I would never ask the church to do something that we are not doing ourselves. The biblical model for trusting God with our finances is to bring God a first percentage of our income. Not our leftovers, not our leftovers, but to trust God by saying before it goes anywhere else, I want to trust you as my provider. Through Malachi, God actually said, put me to the test. And the percentage that we see written about throughout the Bible, it's not something that we just made up. It's right out of the word. The tithe means 10, 10%. Now, we also believe that we have been incredibly blessed where we are. And we have the responsibility and privilege of over and above kingdom builders, missions, giving, so that we can do things like deploy Convoy of Hope to respond to the disaster areas after the hurricane. Now, this is so cool. I know, I know it's like lunchtime, so, but I don't want you to miss this part, okay? This is actually really good, in case the rest hasn't been. Thank you. Thank you. So don't miss this. Okay, giving is an act of worship between you and God. God provides for his purposes for his church through his people. Here it is. The finances that fuel God's purposes are brought by his people as an act of worshiping him. Okay, that's a little wordy, so let me just say it again, and then I'll illustrate it. The finances that fuel God's purposes are brought by his people as an act of worshiping him. So how amazing is this connection? Every brick that is part of this campus, every pastor that serves, every member of the support staff that serves, every outreach that we do is fueled by the generosity and obedience of God's people, which is an act of worship. So your act acts of worship, our acts of worship through giving fuel God's purposes. Think of this in the opposite way. Maybe you've been to Las Vegas and you've walked down that strip where all these incredible hotels are. There are some of the most magnificent hotels in the entire world in Las Vegas. There's some great architecture, there's fountains, there's shows, there's video screens. When I see that, there's part of it is just so overwhelming because it's so architecturally magnificent. At the same time, there is something that is deeply heartbreaking about all of that. Why? Because all of that magnificence is built upon the gambling losses of the millions of people who have been there. And I, I, I can't help but think when I see that how many families have been destroyed in the money lost here that has now built these places. How many lives have been ruined so that these facilities can be built? And how opposite is the kingdom of God? That houses of worship like this one and, and the work of the kingdom is done not by destroying families along the way, but by acts of worship along the way. And the Bible talks about how we actually experience blessing as we release for the work of the kingdom. We've talked about how to become a member, and in our final minutes together, I asked the question, what if you are already a member? 
And for some of us, this will be perhaps the most meaningful part of our entire conversation today. And if this is your church home, there's great application, or if you are here visiting from another church. Pages 35 and 37 talk about how is membership lived out over time. After I become a member, how is membership lived out over time? And this reads kind of like a self-checkup. And I hope that we would guard our hearts when we read this, that we would not think, oh, I'm 100% good in all of those areas. I think many of you will be like me and say, oh, I actually could do some work in this area, or I've actually neglected this. I want to improve in this area. So this, this is a list of what it means to live out membership. Acting in love toward other members. Refusing to gossip. I know it's surprising, but sometimes people in church gossip. Again, uncomfortable laughter. Living out membership means respecting leadership, attending faithfully, praying for the ministry, staff, and people of the church, holding up the core values, giving faithfully and generously, using spiritual gifts, abilities, and talents to serve on the dream team, inviting people to church, living a godly life, and growing in grace. And let me just ask, for those of us who are already members, who have been members for a long time, Maybe in this moment right now, take a moment and just put a little dot or circle around a couple of those areas where you would say, God, I want you to grow me in this area, or I want you to reset me in this area, or I was once very strong in this area. Maybe it's inviting, maybe it's in praying for the church, maybe it's in attendance, maybe it's some other area. And you just say, I want to, I want to work on that in my own life. It's not where it needs to be. Okay, it's like 10 minutes to 1 o'clock, and some of you are like, is he ever going to get to the fill in the blanks? Okay, here we go. This is going to be like rapid fire. Every team member is a minister. You do not have to be a pastor to minister. Ministry is a verb. To minister to others is to respond to a spiritual, physical, or emotional need. To minister is active ministry is not i see a need i'm gonna go sit over here and think about it ministry is responding and taking real action to minister is to respond outwardly to what the holy spirit is inwardly prompting you to do every task is important every task is important every Dream team role that we have at People's Church is important. Why? Because as a staff, we don't have time to create, recruit, recruit for, or train for roles that are unimportant. Every role is important. A few years ago at the church that we were serving at in Wisconsin, I was reminded that every role is important by the story of a lady in the church who died of cancer. And her husband let us know about something that no one else knew about for the many, many years that she served in the children's ministry. This precious lady wanted to send the message to the kids who came to children's church that coloring was an important thing. And she didn't want the kids to have to color with crayon stubs or broken crayons. 
She wanted to send a message of quality and value to the time in church when the kids were presented with the crayons to color with. And so every week after serving in the kids area, she would go through the bin of crayons and she would remove all the broken crayons and she would remove all the crayon stubs that were too small to color with, often replacing the crayons out of her own money. No one knew that she did this. In the grand scheme of things, through human's eye, through human eyes, it may have seemed unimportant. But God laid on her heart that there was a message to be sent with the quality of the crayons that were put in front of the kids. And so as part of her service, she was never asked to do this by a pastor. She just took it upon herself to say, the crayons that the kids will color with in my class will not be little stubs and will not be broken. Every task is important and every member is a 10 in some area. God knew what he was doing when he made you. He created you on purpose and for a purpose. And if this is your church home, he brought you here on purpose and for a purpose. A pastor mentor of mine used to often say, God did not make any junk. God made you on purpose. He knew what he was doing when he brought you here. So in closing, our encouragement is to connect to life at the church. Who you surround yourself with matters. Be part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching, God-honoring, Holy Spirit-filled church. Be part of a church where you can go all in in community, in serving, and generosity. Many of us would say that at some point in our life story, we thought we didn't need church, we thought we didn't need God, we thought we didn't need Jesus Christ. But then something happened. We were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our life was transformed. And the church that we at one time thought we didn't need became the community that we cannot live without. Looking around our, our staff this week, we were asked the question, do you have a people's church legacy story? And I think of three stories that were shared within our, our staff this week. The first was Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan Bullis, who came at age 13 with his family. And as I told the congregation in second service, when Dan came at age 13, that was eight years ago, He came with his family and Dan said he remembers his parents rehearsing in the choir. There was a choir rehearsal room once upon a time on the other side of this wall. Don't go looking for it, it's not there anymore. And here Dan is today, our worship pastor. Pastor Christina, maybe you think something like our digital signboard is not spiritual. Well, Pastor Christina moved here, new in town, single young woman, and she drove by our digital sign, and it had a message about a sermon that was going to be preached. Do you remember what the sermon was? What's so amazing about grace 
it said on the digital sign, something prompted the spirit inside of Christina to say, I need to be here for that message. Well, a few years later from that, now Christina is married to an amazing man. They have three amazing kids, one on the way, and Christina is an amazing pastor in the church. And Pastor Rob and Stephanie Bennett are children's pastors. Pastor Rob shared how he was a kid who grew up in this church. His children's pastors here were Steve and Mindy Benintendi. And he talks about now how he gets to be a children's pastor at the same church where he grew up and now gets to influence the lives of boys and girls the way that his life was once influenced by a children's pastor years ago. Many of you have people's church stories, stories of how God brought you here. And you can see how God brought you here for a reason and for a purpose. There are others among us, you've been here for a while, and God is asking you to take a step of faith. Maybe you'd say, I've kind of had one foot in and one foot out. And there's a role that God has laid on your heart. There's an area of serving that God's been prompting you through the Spirit, step out and serve. Or maybe God's been speaking to you that you come once in a while and you in a moment of honesty would say, my attendance, my role in being part of the gathering of the believers, it's kind of my leftovers. I only come when I have nothing else going on and I don't feel like sleeping in. Come on, church starts at 11.30. And God is calling you to a greater level of commitment because you know that your life, your week goes better when you start your week in the house of the Lord. So why would you miss out on it? And God is challenging you. I don't know what the specifics are, but God is perhaps even revealing to you right now how the schedule needs to be realigned or fixed so that you can be part of worshiping with your faith community. The church that we once thought we did not need can become the family that we cannot live without. And it certainly is our prayer that God would use us, those of us who call this our church home, to pray and to seek God. God, how do you want to use people's church in the present so that we can continue to be a place that is always ready for those who are not here yet? May I invite you to stand with me? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ with hearts full of gratitude today. Father, that you brought us here. Father, some may be here out of town or visiting for some reason or another. Father, I pray that today you've given them some tangible things that they can take back to the church that they call home. Father, for others of us, you have challenged us to take a step forward in greater commitment. Some of us might say there's an area of our life where we've held back, where we've not gone all in. Father, I ask, Lord, that you'd show each of us the way to take that step of greater engagement because we know you're asking us to be part of the church, to be part of the God-given purpose. Father, we also say thank you for those of us who are have been part of 
this church or a church for a long time as we reviewed the character qualities of what it means to be a member. I believe that for many of us, you checked us today and you said, Tom, you haven't been living this out the way I need you to live out this area. Father, for those of us across the room who'd say there are, that I'm a member, but there are ways that I've not been living out my membership the way I need to. Father, I ask, Lord, that you'd give us the boldness and the courage to step forward and move in faith. Above all, Father, we are completely humbled that you would love us so much that you would send your son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die on the cross. For the one who is apart from you today, Father, we know that they can restore relationship with you right now in this moment by saying, Father, I receive your son, Jesus Christ, as my savior. I realize that I've said, done, and thought things that are opposed from you. And so today I repent. That's right, if that's you, this is your prayer, I repent. I turn from life against you and I turn towards Jesus Christ. Tell your heavenly father right now, I receive your son, Jesus, as my savior. Renew me, restore me, make me new from the inside out. Set me on a purpose, Father, your purpose, because I'm tired of living life without you. Father, help us to be a church that's real, where we can be real with each other, because fake is so exhausting. And may we bring the character qualities of grace, mercy, and forgiveness to all of our interactions and all of our relationships, especially to those whom we call brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Father. We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.